Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star double-rated astronavigatrix. Uh, 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 what? Space herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. In this episode, we'll discuss Quest for Fire. My name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So Linnea, this is a 1981 adventure, history, science fiction, (laughs) drama movie. (laughs) What category would you put this in? I have no idea, to be honest. (laughs) I think I saw on the... um... A, a poster i don't know if the if it's the most well-known poster but it says a science fantasy story or movie or something like that yeah. and i don't think it's science fantasy but that's what it was described as so <laughs> sure I, I mean i i think that's that kind of sounds better than what i just <laughs> said though but uh i guess what uh, you might take away from this is that it is um Kind of hard to define in that way, I guess. Yes. Um, but it is like the quickest way to describe this is that it's about uh, humans and hominids <laughs> uh, 100 approximately 1000 years ago and uh, their, um, their quest for fire because you need fire to survive in the harsh uh, climate and life um, and life mm. of that time. Yes. And that, that is basically it. A, a, a clan of, of uh, human-ish people need to get fire because it, they, the fire went out. So mm. uh, that's, that's the, where the adventure starts. Yes, it was actually, I, as I was watching this film, I was taking notes. And it was really difficult to like explain because some of them are like, these are humans, these are like Neanderthals. These are like a, a mix between the two, and and I I couldn't really decide what terms to use uh, when I was taking notes. So I, I I started using like scientific terms like Homo sapiens sapiens is <laughs> doing this in the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is though, like, um, you kind of need to throw the science out the window when you watch this movie because even at the time that this was made, and I believe I'm gonna look it up because I have the book here because that's sort of what started off our even you know us even watching this movie is that I found the book in a bookstore a secondhand bookstore and I was reminded that I saw this in archaeology class or I should Mm. say archaeology bus because we watched it on a bus going to um, a place with a bunch of stones and you know we're supposed to watch the stones and stuff so we I watched this on a bus uh, six years ago or so and I remember it being not the best uh, and we made fun of it and we were all we were even told like yeah don't watch this movie um as a scientific movie mm. but it's kind of fun I, I i have no idea why they even let us watch it really <laughs> because we knew that it wasn't scientifically accurate in any way and even at the time when this was released uh, it was criticized for not being very accurate um, but mm. i believe the book was even older so i'm gonna look now yeah it's from 67 so the book in itself was a few years older still Mm. um but i think 
you need to watch this movie and just don't think that this is history being performed in front of us. Mm-hmm. Just, just, I mean, even, I think it'd be easier to just imagine that it's, this is taking place on another planet. <laughs> uh, so if you know anything about the human um, history and evolution, just cut that out and imagine it being on an alien planet and you'll, you'll have a much better time. <laughs> that's yeah, my that's... take on it. So. <laughs> that's a good suggestion. Um, but as far as I could like identify, there were four different humanoid species. Um, there was the, the main tribe which looks they have very like pronounced eyebrows and, and, and cheekbones, but they're not quite Neanderthal. They're sort of inspired by that, but they're not quite Neanderthal. Uh, and they are in the beginning attacked by another tribe of, of more ape like humanoids. You know, they are walking mm. on two legs but they have a lot of fur, so uh they're the more more ape like. Um and in this attack the main tribe uh, loses their fire so they have to go hmm. on the quest of fire and in that quest they meet another tribe that looks more like Neanderthals like they have e- even stronger like eyebrows and cheekbones hmm. uh, and they also encounter a tribe uh, which are more developed they have like better weapons and, and sh- such hmm. which looks more like like us <laughs> like yeah. like proper humans yeah uh so those those were the species that i could identify uh whether yeah. or not they are historically accurate is not important really yeah but um very different species um with different ways of living mm-hmm. and they don't seem to have a lot of um connections between each other or like there's not really a lot of um, exchange going on mm. with language and clothing and culture and things like that. They seem to be mm. kind of isolated, but still living sort of close to each other. So um, I don't really know how that works uh, in this in this world. Um, and they do seem to like um, capture females from each other's clans, uh, like the... Um, the second clan that you're talking no no the the third clan that you were talking about who looks they were they had the red hair and the very low distinct brow mm-hmm. uh, they had captured two females i think that looked the most homo sapiens you know mm. uh, and in the beginning the um, uh, the main clan the clan that we are sort of following on the quest for fire I mean, th- those ladies were getting raped all over the place by the uh, hairy <laughs> ape people. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. They seem to... <laughs> That's the only sort of exchange they're having is the raping. <laughs> so, lovely. <laughs> lovely times. <laughs> do do we want to say anything more about the, the plot and things? Because we have we have the three musketeers. Uh, three mm-hmm. young males who are given the task to uh, retrieve the fire again and they go on their adventure and they end up in a tree once <laughs> because the two saber-toothed lions are uh, or saber-toothed cats are um, stalking them and uh, <laughs> that scene is kind of hilarious actually it's because, really funny yeah <laughs> because the three males they 
they they start getting hungry, so they eat all the leaves in the tree. It's a small tree, but it's still <laughs> really funny to see. Uh, and then they encounter um, the well, let's call her sapiens female, Homo sapiens mm. female, and they um, release her from the um, uh, the red-haired bro- brow people, and uh, then they just sort of walk around and do they get? Yeah, they get the the fire from those people, don't they? Yeah, 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 they do. And then um, this Homo sapiens female escapes, and the main male, the main character, he um, sort of um, has been starting to make a connection to her and sort of has feelings for her. So he goes back for her, and um, then the four of them run away from the uh, camp that um, the Homo sapiens female lived with. The, uh, her tribe, so to speak. Mm. And then they go home with the fire. That's basically it. We can go into some scenes more, mm-hmm. but it's um, it's a happy ending, and that way I think it's a nice movie. Mm. And the interesting part is that there are really no dialogue in here. I mean, they make... Yeah. They make sounds, and the the, the Homo sapiens girl, she, she talks in something that sounds like a language, but we are never, like... It's it's not subtitled or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know what they're saying. We don't know what their names are or anything like that. Um, so in my head, you know, the mm. three main guys who goes on the quest, uh, I call them the brains, the muscle, and the comic relief. Oh, <laughs> just to distinguish yes. them. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> it's exactly what they are. So yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And I was really impressed with how they managed to have such different personalities. Oh yeah, yeah. Being the kind of movie that it is, uh, yeah. because they 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 do act very differently, and they they have different motivations and different mm-hmm. sort of goals in in what they're doing and everything. And it's just yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. They all have their own little story arc in a way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's quite a feat to accomplish this in a movie when you have no idea what anybody's saying. Mm. Um, they have references that aren't supposed to... I mean, you're not supposed to get their life until you've been with them for a while in the movie. So I think it's it's really incredible that you act, you understand what's going on all the time just by the acting and the the storytelling, basically. Mm. Um, and I was I was actually... Because I had this experience with the movie before, I was like, oh, you know, this might be a train wreck. I don't really remember. Um, so I was sort of going in for it, going, oh, this is going to be schlocky movie. But it's not. It's actually a good movie, I would have to say. It's, uh, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it was A it lot. Was really <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> this was the first time seeing it for me. Um, and there were parts, like, in the middle of the film where I, where I was a little bit bored by it or, or well bored is the wrong word but where I sort of lost interest for parts mm. in the middle there I was like oh you know this is getting maybe a bit repetitive here but then the second half of, of the film really picked up I think and then some scenes there get really intense and, and mm. I enjoy those parts a lot mm. yeah it's uh, it, it kept my interest the entire time and there it's not a lot of time, so I can say that with a the movie these days mm. that I watch at home, you know, because the phone is very easily accessible to, 
entertain myself on for a while <laughs> so yeah i think it's uh, and, it, and also the, the nature shots it has a lot of beautiful nature and mm. you could see that in the um, end titles that um, um, it was shot in africa and canada and i believe france too I think yeah, yeah I think it's like a French Canadian production so yeah, that, yeah that's very likely yeah but I, b- I believe I, there was Kenya I think was mm-hmm. the country that that it was shot in in Africa as well and they really found some gritty yet beautiful looking landscapes that really make you feel like that um, they're very small in the, in this landscape they're mm. very small and very vulnerable uh, humans in this vast landscape and um, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe the mammoth scene and the practical effects there (laughs) to be honest i'm not sure i I fully understood the mammoth scene Uh, and the context here for this scene is that our our main trio of guys have rescued the homo sapiens girl from the quote-unquote neanderthal tribe uh, and they encounter uh, a herd of mammoths and one of uh, the guys from the main trio sort of goes after the mammoth and offers him like a some hay or grass and the music sort of implies that this is some some very special scene some very sort of awe-inspiring scene but i didn't understand it to be honest <laughs> so maybe you can explain what happened yeah going on but there. I, because i was kind of curious what you would say about it because this is in the book as well mm-hmm. and um you know maybe i should well let's talk about the mammoth scene and then i can sort of talk about the differences that i remember between the book and the movie mm-hmm. um but in the book it, it is like in the movie that he he offers something that he believes the mammoth likes and like the flowers and he's sort of uh, is it deferring to i believe the word is like when you're sort of like you're stronger than me please protect me sort of like mm-hmm. can you please do this for me i um sort of like so bonding almost mm-hmm. um and i think it's supposed to be like the other because the other tribe is sort of or the other species is sort of like just shying away and being very very fearful and not looking at the mammoths in a different light and, uh, and seeing another alternative while he is sort of like being a bit brave and thinking well maybe if mm-hmm. i you know b- give the mammoths something and show that i'm peaceful and i just want their help then i might gain something from that so it, i think it's supposed to show a little bit more of a uh, thinking in a different way sort of mm-hmm. yeah because and it and it is sort of rare in this movie because they i mean they are acting like goddamn apes a lot of the time (laughs) uh it's a bit really ridiculous (laughs) uh i mean i'm I'm guessing they're supposed to be homo sapiens because that's sort of like what i thought they were in the book Mm. uh because i was going into the book thinking that the main character the main clan people were neanderthals because they look like cartoonish neanderthals in the movie Mm. Um, but i think they're supposed to be homo sapiens Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're everyone is acting like apes (laughs) like very much so i mean ron perlman who we should have mentioned is in this movie he sure can act like a monkey (laughs) (laughs) i mean 
and it's it's sort of like because the way uh, that they're acting like monkeys is almost like how can how the fuck can they survive when they're acting like silly monkeys the entire time like they're being very um like at one point and it's a funny scene but at one point one of the um, uh, males is uh, dropping like the comic relief guy is dropping a stone on top of no it's Ron Perlman dropping a, a large flint stone on one of the other males and he starts bleeding and it's like but he could have died from that <laughs> no one would I don't even think monkeys would do that so they're acting in a way that makes you question that they can actually survive at all in this climate and they're watch like their clothing everything is just looking so shambly and random that it's kind of amazing that they're surviving uh so i do have a little bit of issue with that because it's hard to believe that they can do a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're acting like monkeys but anyways back to the mammoth scene man i'm rambling today uh, i think it's supposed to show a little bit more of an of a different way of thinking and intelligence maybe that's yeah that's my... a good point that's yeah. really a good point i didn't think of it that way because i was i, I don't know i'm just as a former horse owner, I'm very used to thinking about animal behavior. And I just didn't understand the mammoth behavior in the situation. I, Based on what you're saying, I can understand the behavior of our main characters. But I didn't understand the behavior of the mammoths. I, because they, they offer the mammoth the grass. And mm. then the mammoth tra- herd like runs away and the quote-unquote evil man-tribe are scared away by this and this saves the situation for our main trio and it's just it was so confusing i didn't yeah it didn't make sense to me yeah i can sort of offer a little bit more insight maybe um Mm -hmm. because of the book because in the book as i remember it now it's been four months or so since i read it but uh, it's more that the main character um Noah, whatever his name is, um, he sort of puts, uh, I mean, he's giving the uh, mammoths a bit more agency than maybe that they have. Maybe they're acting a bit more ran- more animal, but he's giving them thoughts and feelings. And mm-hmm. uh, like there is a um, trade going on there. He's like, oh, so then the mammoths protected us and we followed them because they didn't perceive us as a threat. And it was a nice uh, relationship we had going, basically. (laughs) Sort of like that. So Mm -hmm. in this movie, it's way more clear that the mammoths are sort of, oh, I get grass, now I defend you. In the book, it's not exactly like that. It's mostly like that because there is something going on there. Uh, The mammoths are seemingly very intelligent and being like, well, we'll help you, but it's not it's not to the extreme that it is in the movie mm. sort of i think that was a point that i didn't really understand you know the whole oh the mammoths mammoths get grass and now they will defend the main characters like yeah that, it, it was a bit too much of a jumping yeah. in in logic for me to, yeah to yeah really sure understand yeah. that um i mean i th- i think i think i did get that out of the scene I just didn't think that... I, I, I thought it was so stupid that it really... I thought there were another explanation to it. But, you know, based on what you're saying, there isn't. Then yeah. That, that's well, I fine, mean, I guess. This is what I think, at least. Um, mm. I think it's also trying to maybe be a little bit 
like like the mammoths being a pack animal that they have different agendas too maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and also i mean the, the the humans were sort of like more tagging along than anything in the book as i recall it um mm. it's not as magical as in the movie <laughs> <laughs> but it is and that's kind of what i like about the book i mean it, it's it's very much uh there's no magic in the book but it almost could be because of the way that they're experiencing the world Mm-hmm. You have these sort of things happening and it's not easy to explain them when you don't have uh, certain explanations for them. Mm. So I think it's also maybe trying to um, show us maybe a little bit of the magic, quote unquote, <laughs> that could happen in, in a world where you don't have anything, basically, not even mm. fire. Mm. Because we have another scene where uh, now, I'm going to call him now, now, I'm not sure. I'm going to look here, by the way. No, I can't see him. Um, where he's being shown how to create fire because until then they've only been able to maintain a fire and that's why um, the three males had to go out and find it. Mm. But then he's see, shown how to make fire by a, a um, human of, of the tribe that um, the female is from. And um, he starts crying because it's very emotional. It's like mm. magic being performed and he 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 didn't fathom that you could make fire mm. in that way. And there's almost also in the way that it's portrayed with the camera and everything, I feel like at least, uh, it's like you're watching a magical ritual almost. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going into this cave to mm. produce the mag- the fire and um, it's very, it's like you're watching a wizard almost perform or a witch or something, you know, perform fire magic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so maybe it's part of that thing mm-hmm. as well yeah I that don't. makes sense just my my thoughts here <laughs> no, it, it was really good thoughts you know because both the meeting with the mammoth and the the scene where he learns to make fire they are sort of the way they are shot and the kind of music that is played mm. it makes it seem like almost like religious experiences um yeah you know the kind of religion that they would have at the time which are yeah very very sort of primitive religions but but some kind of religion anyway um and um, yeah that makes sense to me i was thinking the acting because we got in a little bit on how they all kind of behaved like apes (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what do you think about the acting um (laughs) if if we ignore science and everything just like how (laughs) As actors, <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> um, I thought they did great. Uh, I was very impressed with the lengths they they went to 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 um, sort of live this role that they were given because <laughs> they are very dirty and they sort of eat dirty stuff and they have like mm. you know uh, sand in their mouths and it's just it looks gross and it probably was gross yeah. recording that, but. They they did it and it it was it it gave the film something extra I think because yeah. even though we sort of concluded that it's not historically accurate for its own mythology I think it it is very accurate if that makes sense like like if we think of this movie as taking place in its own universe or its mm. own planet or whatever the the way they act and the way the way they behave and the way they look 
and the, the, the sort of small mannerisms that mm. they have yes. feel they feel very genuine and, and, and like something a caveman could do, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not a, an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an engineer, for God's sake. This is not my area of expertise. But uh, it, to me, it felt very real in that mm. regard. Yeah, it feels like lived in almost. Mm-hmm. All the time you knew what was going on, like what they were feeling, what they were thinking. I mean, it's not the most complicated things, of course, because you can't do that when you don't have any like language or other things. But um, I, I think they were excellent. Mm. The acting is excellent. and um, Yeah, and I think, you know, for example, the um, the main guy... Uh, I don't know what his name was. I called him the brains because yes. he was uh, the smartest <laughs> out of them. Um, you can kind of tell, you know, certain scenes when he was looking at something. You can tell that he's thinking really hard of this, and he's yeah. sort of drawing conclusions. And he drew pretty good conclusions, and he evolved because of that. And it was yeah. just, it was very good, like facial acting. Yes, uh, which is very. I mean, I'm not an actor, but I imagine that that, that is very difficult to do. Uh, without having any dialogue so yeah yeah. and also no brows because they are like plastered with Mm -hmm. latex or something so they can't Mm -hmm. move their brows which is like i mean being able to to move about your forehead and your brows is such a part of human expression Mm -hmm. and uh, when you have that sort of fake fake brow bone you can't move it at all so they only have like their mouths and eyes to to um and I mean, of course, the rest of the body. But um, yeah, I think he did really good. And um, mm. yeah, just in general, a really, really nice movie. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know the um, the main guy, he he's sort of blonde, and and he he's the one who hooks up with the the Homo sapiens girl yeah. that they rescue. Uh, but then we also have Ron, Ron Perlman, mm. who I dubbed the muscle, because <laughs> you can kind of tell that he's. He is um, a brave person and he's mm. maybe a little bit angry at some things, so sort of a bit macho, you know, that, that kind of character. And I think he portrayed that also very well in how he yes. uh, used facial expressions. Uh, and then the third guy in the group is not quite as mus- muscular as the other two. And, you know, he's more, I call him the comic relief because... He's a bit clumsier than the others, and but he, he's still, you know, he's a good companion, and, and he, he has his moments in the movie as well. So yeah, I was uh, very, very impressed by the work that they did. Yeah, and I think uh, the relationship between Ron Perlman's character and uh, the main character, the brains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I need to use those. Why have I been going on with the main male character and things like that? Uh, because... You can sort of see this pack behavior where Mm. uh, the muscle is this younger uh, male who is Mm. trying to sort of, I mean, he's more aggressive and he's more eager to um, show off um, Mm. and, you know, resort to violence and show off his, his strength. And also and maybe when... act more rashly. Yes, uh, act more like rashly. The, the the brains actually like considers the consequences of a situation while uh, the muscle just sort of goes indirectly and like, yeah. I'm going to fix this. Exactly. And then he doesn't really. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then because the brains is is the pack leader mm-hmm. so I- in this scene which is kind of horrible in a way but it it it's important for this discussion uh, is when um the sapiens female is sort of just like lying around fiddling about with her uh, cover uh, her fur cover um around the fire at night and uh, Ron Perlman or I mean the muscle he sort of gets an interest in her because he mm. smells her sex essentially mm. and uh, so he sort of he looks about a little bit because and then he goes in to um, mate with her which which you don't do when you're not top dog I mean he's not top dog in this pack so <laughs> he and then you know the female is running to to um, the brains who then sort of I interpret it. I mean, he wants to mate with her, but he mm. sort of does it because the younger male did it. Mm. He didn't have an interest really at that time to do it, but he had to because he needs to sort of uh, showcase his status and claim mm. her mm. to sort of have the power balance, you know, in the right way, if I'm making any sense. No, no, yeah, <laughs> I that, don't know. That makes perfect sense. You know, he, he's... The muscle, the younger uh, guy there, he he wants to mate the girl, but lead guy, the brains, he says, no, no, she's mine. And he has to show that she's Exactly. But until Uh, then, there hasn't really been a lot of ownership towards the female. No. She's sort of been just tagging along until this, uh, until the muscle sort of, I want to mate with her, went Mm. into his rapey mode. (laughs) So... I think it's scenes like that and also like the little things that Ron Palmer did when they had encounters with different tribes and like you were uh, going into like his um, just going for violence, whether mm. or not it's clever or not, you know, mm. uh, makes makes it just, yeah, neat, I think. Uh, okay, so Ebba, relationship wreck, fantasize about a romantic relationship that we don't see in the film, uh, but you want it to happen, aka ship it. Well, Linnea, I feel like we kind of see a romantic relationship happening, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't really get to flourish on screen, (laughs) if I put it like that. And that is between comic relief and muscles. Mm. I believe they had a tender moment when uh, the human female and uh, brains were having their final intercourse, let's say. Where Muscles is sort of uh, touching comic relief in a sort of, maybe you and I should. And Muscles, fair enough, he backs backs away. But I feel like yeah. during the course of the movie, the two of them have been really close. Really close. Yeah. And yeah. they shared the same sort of humor, you know, things being mm. dropped on a head is hilarious. <laughs> uh, in the end, at least. <laughs> and I just feel like they could li- they could live a really happy gay life together and i i think they deserve that um yeah yeah yeah. i mean uh, you know the the scene that you're talking about i actually when that happened i actually like rewound the the movie (laughs) because i was like did i just see that yeah i did (laughs) i love the director as well (laughs) (laughs) but it was a it was a really good scene because yeah the, the the point there is that you know, they are used to sort of having sex from behind, but the Homo mm. sapiens female are like, no, no, we can do it 
you know, missionary style. Yeah. So she's teaching that to brains. And muscles and comic relief are watching this. And muscles sort of gets a bit interested. And, oh, no. and then he yeah. touches the, the, the leg of comic relief. And like, yeah. oh, you, you want to try it? And comic relief are like, no. <laughs> and muscles are like, okay. Never mind it's then. really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like he was just a bit cautious. Comic relief. He was a bit yeah. taken aback by the suggestion. <laughs> and... Um, uh, I feel like there's an epilogue there that we just haven't seen on screen, really. Mm-hmm. But it's there. So, yeah, that's the relationship I want to see happen. I agree with that. That's yeah. a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have a diff- difficult question for you, Linnea. <laughs> uh, I want you to <laughs> tell me who, would, who you would bang, bond or blast in this lovely all-male edition, which is between the muscles, the brains and the comic relief. And Bang oh, Bomb Blast is our version of Fuck Mary Kill if you didn't uh, know so already. So, indulge oh, dear. me. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Uh, <sighs> this is a really <laughs> difficult choice. Uh, I think I would bang muscles, you know, aka Ron Perlman, because mm. I kind of thought, you know, he's he had this almost like a mullet styled hair, <laughs> long hair and, and I don't know, I don't I like long hair, just yeah. Simple yes. enough. My my you know, my, my it's easy to attract me with long hair. So I'm gonna bang him because I kinda liked his hair. Uh but then I'm probably gonna bond brains because I need someone who can think. <laughs> Wise decision. <laughs> Very wise. And I mean, comic relief, there's nothing wrong with you, but unfortunately you're going to be blasted. Yeah, yeah. I'm not very surprised by your pick, actually. <laughs> I mean, obviously we're both going to bond brains. I mean, he's the only one with brains. So <laughs> there's not really a question there. And he, he is the most attractive one too. So mm. having a long-term relationship with the pretty boy is, uh, who also has brains, is the most um, attractive one in my mind. Mm. Uh, but I'm gonna blast, you know, just to even things out here. I'm gonna blast muscles. No. Uh, he's gonna die a glorious, violent death <laughs> at my hands, and no. then I'm gonna bang comic relief because I feel like comic relief, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get seen as much as the other mm. two and they're kind of equally ugly looking so i feel like <laughs> comic relief i will i will be there for you yeah <laughs> but i'm still bonding brains because he's the pretty boy so and yeah. the brainy boy our version of the oscar that is what we call a gordon and here we uh, make up the categories as we wish uh, and uh, Ebba argue why this movie should win a Gordon and in which category well uh, Quest for Fire from 1981 should win a Gordon for best book to movie adaption in 1981 mm. I think it made certain um, improvements on the book uh, mm-hmm. and downplayed some things that were maybe very interesting so i think it was an excellent movie adaption that's why it should win an oscar surprisingly serious from my side right (laughs) oh sorry gordon i mean oh slip of the tongue really oscars i do think you need to 
up your game on the categories because they are getting <laughs> tedious and boring. You've had them for like 70 years. You need to update them, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so what category have you decided that uh, Quest for Fire should win um, a Gordon well, for? <laughs> in a sort of a surprising twist here, you go for the serious alternative yeah. and I go for the less serious one. Um, so I should think they should win a Gordon in the category uh, most dick move by a character because <laughs> when our main trio of characters rescue the homo sapiens girls uh, one of the neanderthals actually bites uh, brains in the dick yes that is a dick move <laughs> that is certainly a dick move <laughs> <laughs> oh i think this movie's gonna win two <laughs> gordons <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, a scene we didn't really talk about, but it is no. important for the relationship building actually between uh, the female and brains. So yes. I'm glad that we got to mention it somehow. <laughs> well, it's all good and well to watch one movie during a night, but maybe we can suggest a second or a third or a fourth movie to watch with this one. So Linnea, I'm curious, do you have any suggestions? Well, there are several movies out there uh, done uh, in the the theme of like a pseudo prehistoric setting. Um, I think one of the most well known is probably Apocalypto from two thousand six, uh, which I think takes place in South America. So it's slightly different mm. setting there. Um, but then we also have the infamous Ten Thousand Years BC, which uh, I have not is, seen. Thankfully. No, it's not. It's known for not being very good, uh, but if you, you sort of want a, a, a double feature with two similar themed movies, that could be a good choice. Um, and talking about uh, book-to-movie adaptations, I believe there is also a Clan of the Cave Bear movie out there. Mm. I haven't seen it, but it could also do uh, well as a double feature with the um, Quest for Fire, I think. So we really out. should look into that if there is a if that movie exists because then I think we should put it on our list. I'm pretty I... sure it exists because I have seen like a, a DVD cover oh, for it or a poster okay. for it. Okay. Um, but I don't know much about it. If I don't even know if it's considered good or bad. Um, so well, <laughs> I just know it exists. Usually a <laughs> problem for this <laughs> podcast. So true. True. <laughs> Um, and Clan, yeah, Clan of the Caber is actually a, a book that I've read uh, many years ago now, yes. but I have read it. Mm. And uh, yeah. And I have not, so it'd be the situation <laughs> we have now, but in another cave, sort of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool suggestions. Um, yeah, I don't really have a movie suggestion, and but I'm going to suggest a game that I haven't played, which is ludicrous to do but um, I would suggest Far Cry Primal it is a game set in the Stone Age so it's a bit later in era than the movie that we just watched but um, it looks cool I haven't played it but it looks cool <laughs> so that's I my suggestion it. I haven't played it either but yeah. I've heard good things about it yeah so uh, it might be worth checking out yeah I think so too I think you're fighting amongst clans and it's you know if you need more of a fix after Quest for Fire, you could always go go play that, I guess. Yeah. 
But uh, I think we might want to round off our conversation about Quest for Fire um, with the question, should this be remade in 2020? I'm not quite sure I want to see this remade in 2020. Uh, first of all, because many of the movie's strengths is because of the practical effects. And I think if we remade it in 2020, it would be a lot of uh, CGI uh, effects and I don't mind CGI effects. I mean, I loved <laughs> many of the Marvel movies and they are <laughs> like 90% CGI. So <laughs> I don't mind that, but I think this particular movie, uh, Quest for Fire, should um, be kept as it is with practical effects done in the 80s. Uh, and also we had uh, in 2018 a movie called Alpha, uh, which does not deal with a quest for fire but it deals with um, when uh, humans or humanoid species of some kind uh, first domesticates uh, wolves hmm. and I, I kind of feel like that movie I haven't seen it I have seen trailers for it uh, I kind of feel like that movie fills the same need as quest for fire does mm. it, it appears to the same audience and it sort of is just the same style of movie or genre mm. of movie so I don't feel like Quest for Fire. I don't feel like we need Quest for Fire in 2020. Mm. Yeah, uh, good point. And I kind of want to just comment on your uh, CGI um, mm. remark there. I think that there is, because I don't either have an issue with CGI in its own. I think the problem or the issue with CGI. <laughs> nowadays is that we so, sort of make things really grand as soon as we have CGI in mm -hmm. it you know because I think there's an an intimacy that you can get with practical effects because of the limitations that it's put on uh, and when you have CGI you sort of blow things up a bit out of proportions and all of a sudden you might lose the um, the closeness if you know what I mean mm -hmm. uh, for example the mammoth scene today would have been made very differently mm. we would have had, had them be it would have been shot very differently and i don't think it would have made the scene any better so mm. i think for creativity's sake and keeping things intimate sometimes it's good to not do the cgi rock because you tend to do it a bit too big maybe i don't know if that makes sense but um no it makes perfect sense i, yeah. I agree with you uh, so i definitely understand what you mean with having the sort of the 80s practicals being a real benefit for this mm. movie. Uh, but regarding Quest for Fire in general being remade, I don't think there's a point to it. Um, this was sort of done in a time when, I mean, the debate is probably still going on, you know, about fire and when and how and, you know. Mm. But I don't, it, it, you can't do this movie today because... It's just not scientifically accurate, and I believe that the movie was trying to depict something like uh, something accurate, and um, mm. just the plotline and everything. This is a document of its time, and you can't remake that today because mm. it's not that sort of story, really. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing. I mean, now you just recommended Alpha, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't mind seeing movies that are sort of playing around with the idea of what were we thinking back then, how were mm. uh, advancements going forward and backwards, and how were 
how do things look and things like that. Uh, I, we have a lot of medieval movies. <laughs> we have a lot of <laughs> fantasy movies um, mm. and history in general, I guess. But I think it's, it's kind of nice when you step out of the sort of comfort zone and you enter times when we really all we have is bones and stones. <laughs> mm. And um, yeah, so no, but <laughs> but it may be or not really. I don't know. <laughs> I think your answer is that no on a remake of Quest for Fire, but yes to that style of movie being made today. Yeah, you know, yeah. A bit, yeah. A, a movie that's bold, that doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it needs to have language and it doesn't need to super relate to human to modern humans uh, i think that is cool and uh, daring and i like it mm, mm. so yeah uh, so listener have you seen quest for fire we want to know what you think so go to our facebook page star crash podcast where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes uh, and nowadays we also have an instagram account you can find us at star crash podcast uh, everywhere and anywhere uh, and a uh, huge thank you to everyone who has followed us there and uh, to anyone who will follow us in the future check us out we post pictures of movies we watch and more so uh, join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about masters of the universe <sighs> bye bye bye